your pastors are good friends of mine who I love and respect deeply. Your commitment to the gospel and to your community is setting an example for all of us who are living and serving in East Alabama. And so the privilege is assuredly mine and Shelby's to be with you this morning. Uh, my assignment is to point us and our attention to the Trinity today and to identify how each member of the Godhead uniquely offers us rest. Loved ones, we are not here to undertake, though, a technical theological study. If you came today thinking that you're going to have to labor through such a deep and glorious truth of the Scriptures, that's not why we're here today. We're here to rest. We're here to worship. We're to, here to see how God comes to us and offers us the fullness of who He is that we might rest in Him. Many of you are familiar with the New City Catechism. We use this each week at Lineville. We're walking through it. It's going to take us about two years, but we are trying to teach one another the truth about our great God. And the New City Catechism asks this question about the Trinity. How many persons are there in the Trinity? And the response is this. There are three persons in the one true and living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are the same in substance, equal in power and glory. Would you let this declaration this morning be the foundation of, a, of your worship? Would you let that truth just simply be at the center as we prepare to enter into this time together? you take your copy of the scriptures, however you're doing that, either a physical copy or there on your phone or tablet, let's go to Psalm 47 together. We're going to read Psalm 47 in just a moment, and as you find your place there, hear these words from Charles Spurgeon. Would you lose your sorrow? Would you drown your cares? Then go plunge yourself in the Godhead's deepest sea. Be lost in his immensity, and you should come forth as from a couch of rest, refreshed and invigorated. I know nothing which can comfort the soul, so calm the swelling billows of sorrow and grief, so speak peace to the winds of trial as a devout musing upon the subject of the Godhead. That is our aim and intention this morning, to rest as we think about who our great God is. Psalm 47 is a psalm that calls together that very wonder and transcendence. It paints a picture for us of who our God is. There, The heading in your copy of the scriptures you may say, you may see to the choir master, a psalm of the sons of Korah. This psalm was probably used during the Feast of Tabernacles or booths, and it was meant as an enthronement psalm. It was meant as a picture for God's people to be reminded of who God is, reigning over all things so gloriously and wondrously. It used repetition and rhythm to proclaim this great truth for God's people, and we're going to see it as such this morning. If we could sum it up in one simple sentence, it would be this. God's nature and his love toward his people call us to confidently rest in him. So if you found your place there, if you're ready to study, if you're physically able, Iron City, would you stand together as we read God's word this morning? Reading in Psalm 47, we're going to read the entirety of the psalm and trust the Holy Spirit to speak its truth into our hearts. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy, for the Lord Most High is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. 
He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our king, sing praises. For God is king over all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people gather as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. Father, for the next few minutes, would you speak your truth into the waiting hearts of your people that we may see you for who you are high and lifted up in Jesus' name. Iron City, be seated this morning, resting in God. The Father. I want to show you three uh, quick statements, observations about our Father as we go to this text that will encourage us and invite us to rest in His greatness. As we go back to the first section, there are three ways we can, three movements in this psalm. The first one in the first four verses, we see that the Father loves us. The Father loves us. The section here in these first four verses highlights an unbelievable, unimaginable love that God the Father pours out on his people. We see in verse 2 that the Lord is the most high. He is greatly to be feared. In verse 3, he subdued people under Israel and under their reign. And then in verse 4, he chose their heritage for us and for them. What an unimaginable love, one that in verse 1 we see the people were called by those leading in this liturgical movement in the temple courts during these great feasts and festivals to clap their hands, to shout with loud shouts of joy. When we understand how deeply God loves us, worship is the only response. It's the only necessary response. It's the only worthy response when we understand how deeply and how greatly our Father loves us. The Lord, the Most High, the, the one who is to be feared because he reigns over all things. Though the operative weight here is in verse 4. He is the one who chose our heritage for us, the one who loves us. Iron City, I came this way to let you know that God loves you. The Father loves you. And the truth is, this morning, there's nothing you can do about it. You are deeply and wonderfully inexpressibly loved by the God that made you. And he, he shows this love toward us, even in our state of inability and captivity to sin. These verses here describe not a people who were worthy of the king's love. These verses here do not describe a people who could ever earn the king's favor. Rather, we see here a good and gracious king who displays his unimaginable, overwhelming love for those he has chosen as his own. So I'll say it again, simple as the truth may be, as familiar as it may be, God loves you. This is why we're here this morning, to rest in the great and glorious truth that God loves you. No doubt many of you are parents in the room. You know that feeling the first time you, you held your little one in your arms and you, you looked uh, he or she in the face and there was something changed in your life. I don't know what that feeling is like, but come the middle of March, I'll get to know. Because after a long time of waiting and praying, my sweet Shelby is about six months pregnant. And soon we'll welcome Shiloh Elizabeth into our family. 
And I've been told by many of you who are further down the road than I am that on that day when I hold my daughter in my arms, something will change. I can't wait. You know those feelings, that sweet feeling you feel that you can't quite describe, but there's nothing more important in all the world in that moment than holding your child in your arms. That is but a, a drop in the bucket. That's just a small taste. It is just a glimpse of the great love that our Father loves us with. Iron City, God the Father loves you. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. We see here in Psalm 47 that the great king who reigns over all things, he loves you and he has chosen you. He calls you his own. But let's keep reading. We look in the next section of this text, verses 5, 6, and 7, that we see not only does the Father love us, uh, dear ones, the Father is victorious over his enemies. The Father is victorious over his enemies. The scene described here by these verses is one we see a number of times in the Old Testament. God's people would mark their celebrations a number of ways, whether whether it was a military victory, whether it was the Feast of Tabernacles like here, Whether it was the dedication of the temple in Solomon's day, God's people would gather together and they would worship the enthroned God of the ages and the Ark of the Covenant would be brought back into the temple and it would be placed there in the Holy of Holies and the people would sing songs like this one to describe the greatness of the Lord. And so can you see the picture there as God's people were gathered in Jerusalem and the temple courts were full of the congregation of Israel and the ark is making its procession up being carried by the priests and the people are singing this liturgical call and response God has gone up with a shout so sing praises to God sing praises sing praises to God sing praises they would repeat this over and over to celebrate the victory of their God over their enemies I came this way to tell you this morning as well that the Father is victorious over his enemies. There is not an enemy anywhere, not even the greatest enemy we face, who can hold sway over our great and mighty God. There's no way for me to know Iron City about every burden in this room this morning. There's no way for me to know about every worry and care in this room this morning. Both that's been brought in and those that are even on their way in right now. There's no way for me to know about every struggle with sin that dwells in every heart in this room this morning. But I do know the answer to all of that. It's in our Father who is already victorious over every enemy. We're called this morning then to rest. We're called this morning to remember That the Lord is victorious. He tells us that he is our strong tower and defense. A very present help in trouble. Let me encourage you today. As you press in, the enemy will want to distract you. The enemy will want to uh, try to get you to think about all the things you need to do to get back right with God this morning. But that's not what this day is all about. You can't win the battle. I know that you say, well, that's not very encouraging, Ben. It is when you realize what this psalm is telling us. 
You can't win the battle. You can't overcome the struggle in your own power. And there's no way, as we've already said, you can earn favor with God or blessing from God. There's no way you could ever deserve it or merit it on your own. But our Father is victorious. God has gone up with a shout, so sing praises to God. The battle is already won, Iron City. The battle has already been completed and finished. All you and I need to do is abide in our Father's love. And rest in his victory. The father who loves you is victorious for you. But the last section of this psalm, as we read this together, it reminds us of a very important truth. This love for you is not just contained here. We read about it in God's word. It's not just some past event. We always seem to talk about it sometimes in the, in the past tense. This victory for you, while it was won on the cross, we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. This victory for you, though, it continues because we read here at the end of this psalm in verses 6 through 9 that the Father reigns. The Father who loves you, the Father who is victorious for you, He reigns forever. So sing praises to God, sing praises, as we've already said. Why? For God is king of all the earth. Sing praises with the psalm. God reigns over the nations. He sits on his holy throne. The princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. The Father reigns forever. Do you you see the present tense here? He reigns. It's not that he will reign, although he will. It's not that he did reign, although he always has reigned. Dear ones, he reigns today. His throne is occupied today. So much of our frustration, so much of our discontent, so much of our confusion and indeed our chaos comes from when we fail to remember this important truth. That our Father is reigning even in the midst of chaos. That our Father is sovereign over every season and circumstance. I, as I've already said, I don't know what it is that you're going through this morning, but I know that the Father reigns. I don't know how you feel about the current state of affairs in the world. I don't know your politics. I don't know your economic theory. I don't know your sociology or your philosophy. And I don't have to because the Father reigns. And all of this is working for his glory and for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purposes. Listen, brothers and sisters, the unimaginable trauma and hurt that you've experienced and the great joys and victories that you've lived through in life, all of it are under the jurisdiction of the Father who reigns forever and ever and ever. And after all of that, he's still going to be reigning forever. This psalm here wraps up with uh, the psalmist declaring, the sons of Korah singing before the people of God, that God reigns over the nations, he sits on his holy throne. The princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham. The the presidents, the governors, the legislatures, the, the rich, the poor. The people from all over the world, the people who believe themselves to have influence, the people who seem to have it figured out, and the people who have no clue what they're doing next, they all come one day before the throne of heaven. Joel saw this day where 
the Lord was gathering multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision on the great and awesome day of the Lord. This was a group that included the kings of the earth. One day, Montgomery, whether they know it or not, is going to bow the knee to Jesus Christ. One day, one day Washington, D.C. is going to bow the knee before the God of the ages who reigns forever and ever. So it is in this verse. Those will recognize God's position just as his children do. In ancient days, here it says the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. In ancient days, shields would carry the emblem of those who were going into battle for their king. It would carry the seal or the mark, the banner of the king that they were fighting for. This psalm tells us a glorious truth that ultimately... Every person who's ever lived in every circumstance that's ever happened is all under the glorious eternal reign of the King of Heaven. You see, history itself will reach its terminus one day. And on that day, God, the God of the ages will be worshipped by every person who has ever lived. Whether they want to or not, they will worship this God. And that worship service will be led by you. And me and the congregation of the redeemed. And I hope you see what beautiful rest this invites us into as we think about it. That resting in, the, in God the Father, knowing that he loves us, that he's won the battle, and that his reign will never end, points us to the day that's coming. When those of us who've placed their faith in him will lead the worship service before his great and glorious throne. The rest of humanity will bow the knee before the eternal one. And all things will fully and finally make sense and be made new. I'd have to ask you though, before we pray and transition to our next season. As we start, I don't want to ever take for granted. Which group do you belong to? Do you belong to the group that's already acknowledging this restful, glorious, reigning father? Or are you still outside the camp? The invitation to you on this Abide Summit day would be to come into this rest. To confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And for those of you who have already done that, to remember what is afforded those of us who know him. My invitation to you this morning is to reorient your lives. That we would all come back together and reorient our lives around the Father who loves us. Who wins the victory for us and who reigns forever over us. Praise to the Lord who are all things so wondrously reigneth. Shelters you under his wings and so gently sustaineth. Hast thou not seen how thy desires have been granted in what he ordaineth? Praise to the Lord. Oh let all that is in me adore him. All that has life and breath come now with praises before him. Let the amen sound from his people again gladly forever adore him. Thank you for watching or listening to one of our sermons. We would love to have the opportunity to connect with you one-on-one. -on -one. We are not a perfect church, but we are a joyful church, and we want to help you increase your joy in Christ. We would love for you to come and worship with us one day soon. You'll be able to find information about our worship services, about who we are, what we believe, what we do, and what we're hoping to accomplish on our website at ironcity.org. And we would invite you to go and to check out all the information there. We look forward to seeing you soon.